a shot at redemption if you're Syracuse and a shot for a two-round ACC tournament bye if you're Pittsburgh. It's Syracuse. It's Pittsburgh. It's a sold-out game. Let's break it all down on your Friday episode of Locked on Syracuse. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and happy Friday, and thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. We're breaking down Syracuse and Pitt as this has been a, a brutal start for, well, not a brutal start, but a brutal I guess, last 10 games for Syracuse. They've dropped six of their last 10. They've lost back-to-back. They've got some losing skids intertwined. Things are not where you thought they might be if you're talking about Syracuse basketball right now. And on the contrary, Pitt, with a chance to win the ACC, did anyone think that would happen when these teams squared off a few months ago uh, to start off the new year if you're Syracuse, uh, or not the new year for Syracuse, but to uh, to find this game for Syracuse when uh, when they squared off earlier in the year. This is an interesting one. It is not exactly what you thought this matchup would be. It was December 20th. There it is. It was before the new year uh, when these two teams squared off and you weren't really sure of the identity of either team. Syracuse had been struggling to that point, but building a little bit of momentum. Pittsburgh, same sort of boat. And since that game, right, where Pitt, comes out victorious and ends that one 84-82. Pitt's trajectory versus Syracuse's trajectory have been de- or have been very different, right? Pitt is now a 20 and 8 squad. They are 61st in the Ken Palm rankings. They're 55th in the net at this point in time. That does make this a quad one game for Syracuse if you're counting that. Not that it matters all too much. You just need wins if you're Syracuse at this point in time. But when you look at this team, They have been so good since playing Syracuse. You just look at the subsequent games, right? They beat Syracuse December 20th. A few days later, they beat UNC. A few days later, they beat Virginia. They've got wins against Miami in there as well. They beat UNC a second time. And they've done the job against the bottom feeders of the ACC at this point in time. Their conference losses right now, they lost to VT. They have a bad loss to Florida State at home which is a quad four loss, I believe. And then they've got Duke and Clemson as losses as well. So four losses in the conference at this point in time. Pitt's been playing good basketball. They're winning games, and Syracuse has not. And sort of to look back on the first meeting between these two squads, right, if you remember that game, Pitt demolished Syracuse for probably 33 minutes of basketball. They were up 18, almost 20 points against Syracuse. And in the last seven minutes, Syracuse kicked things into gear. They started playing better. They got after it. They got in transition. And this ended up being a two-point game where Syracuse had multiple opportunities to end up on top. And that was the early on in the Judah Mintz closing games conversation where, you know, that wasn't his best. And there was a turnover. And then they gave the ball to Judah as time expired to take a three, which is not exactly what you want in terms of strategy out of a timeout. 
However, this is a new team. This is a different team, and this is a very different Judah Mintz, uh, which we could talk about in a little bit. But that game, Syracuse demolished Pitt in the last seven minutes, right? Erased a damn near 20-point deficit. But the 33 minutes to start, that's where your issues were. That's where Syracuse was struggling, and Pitt was able to have their way in that game for a large portion of this basketball game. The difference, right, between the first 30 and the last 10, I guess we'll break it out into even quarters. The first 30 and the last 10, Syracuse started rebounding. They started getting offensive boards, some second-chance points. They were forcing turnovers. They got out in transition. They had 16 turnovers off of Pitt in that first matchup. They were getting into the lanes. They were playing solid defense. And that is something that you you haven't seen out of Syracuse in the last two games. And someone made the point of it. Uh, and it's a fair point, right, when we talk about Jim Beheim and we talk about how we'll never switch to the man. And even when we want him to play man, even when man seems like the favorable matchup, they brought the point out that you don't always have to switch to man necessarily. But the bigger issue is that they're playing the zone poorly. And I don't know if I 1,000% agree with it, but that is a works there's too many instas though this season where they have not played the zone well and that is something that they have been at fault for uh many many times now if we look at this matchup right we'll transfer from the the december 20th matchup to the matchup that is happening this weekend different stakes right syracuse on the one's hand is trying to play their way into any basketball tournament whether it's the nit whether it is the ncaa probably not happening but they are trying to play for more basketball at this point in time. On the contrary, Pitt's trying to play for less basketball, if that makes sense. If Pitt wins this game, I believe they secure a first and second round bye in the ACC tournament. That would be huge for them. Give them a little bit of rest, let some guys recover a little bit more. It's a long season. You get banged up. An extra game off right? Fewer games to get to an ACC championship game is beneficial. It helps. It's good for a team like this. Syracuse wants to try and extend, play more games, right? Get there, get to that point where they can have a little bit more on the horizon outside of the ACC tournament, which they've struggled with for so many years. Pitt's trying to get that by. Pitt, if they win out, wins the ACC, I'm pretty sure. That is something that I don't think anyone expected from this team especially when Syracuse and Pitt matched up the first time. That is the way that these two seasons sort of split, right? Two very similar resumes when they met up, right? At that point in time, Pitt was nine and three or eight and four when they played Syracuse. And when Syracuse played Pitt, they were also eight and four. They had identical resumes. The difference is Syracuse is eight and eight since that game. And Pitt is 12 and four. That is the difference. That's the difference between being a fringe tournament team in Pitt, who needs a little bit of help. I think they'll be in if I'm confident that in this team, right? You look at the sky or the games left. They play Syracuse. They play Notre Dame. They close out on the road with a tough Miami. This is a team that should be in the tournament. They're a very good basketball team. They win games. Syracuse, not so much. It's an interesting matchup, right? Given the stakes in this game, because it is senior day for Pitt, and the Peterson Event Center is sold out for this basketball game. There's going to be a fun crowd. There's going to be high energy. This is the last home game for Pitt this season. There's going to be sparks. They're going to be excited, 
And there's a lot of conversation and Capel had been talking about it this week in press conferences, right? This is a group that is as old as any team that you can see in college basketball. There was a graphic uh, that made its way over uh, social media this week about comparing Pitt's starting five and Pitt's veteran players to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Pitt is an older team than the Oklahoma City Thunder in many regards. That is how much experience this team has. And so it's an emotional game uh, for this Pitt team, for Jeff Capel, right? This is a group that's been through a lot, right? It's not a Pitt team that has been successful in the last few seasons, right? 11 and 21 last year, 10 and 12 in 2021, 16 and 17 in 2020, 14 and 19. And then uh, that is sort of the entire tenure of Jeff Capel. There's not a winning team on that roster or on that resume for Capel. This team did it. They went, they had a great year and they've got veteran guys that get to celebrate it. And whether they were here their entire careers or here this year, right? There is a lot to celebrate and a lot to play for. And I think that it's going to be reflected in a high energy crowd and an emotional day for Pitt because of, right? The, as Capel said, I believe, you know, going from losing to winning, they actually flipped the switch. They battled it out. And this group, whether they came from another school, whether they played here for one year, three years, five years, whatever it is, they flipped the script and they turned this into a winning team this season, which is always a really cool narrative. Even if, uh, hand up, I'm not a Pitt fan. I don't like Pitt. They grind my gears. They make me angry. I remember the early, uh, the basically the entire decade of the 2000s to 2010, where Pitt had Syracuse's number and was beating them game in and game out. But those energy, that fire, the zoo was fun to watch, even if you hate them. And it is cool, regardless of hatred uh, and fury and anger with the squad, especially in football too, right? Syracuse and Pitt. Uh, Syracuse has been on the wrong side of this for a little bit in terms of well, basketball. They've been winning because Pitt's been down, down. But overall, it's nice to see someone flip the switch and flip the script because that is what Syracuse is trying to do in regards to football, in regards to basketball. So seeing it happen is always something that you can sort of say, all right, right, it, it can be done. You can pull it off even after some worrisome and struggling years. Let's take a quick break, then we'll talk some questions about this game. There are a lot of them. Um, after the last two games stretch, there are a lot of questions that I have going into this game. But let's take a quick one, and let's hear from our friends over at FanDuel. It's just past the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. Anytime is the perfect time to download FanDuel, actually. America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Same game parlays. I love them. Put five or six legs together. Get so-and-so to put up 10 points. Five rebounds for your boy down in the paint. Mix them up. You can get those alt lines. You can build them together and create a nice little boosted parlay uh, because that is how you can make games fun, even when you don't have a dog in the race, right? You don't care. You don't like the thunder. You don't like the heat. Whoever's playing that night, you can still spice up the game and your viewing experience with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, 
It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's talk some questions that we have heading into this game. And there is a bunch right now. And the first one is, for me, what defense shows up in this game? Does Syracuse come into this basketball game after two, I don't even think I can use the word mediocre to describe those defensive performances, after two bad defensive performances against Duke and against, um, oh boy, and against Clemson, where you're losing by an average of 20 points per game in those two margins or in those two matchups, can you come back? Can you play solid defense? I know this is not a miraculous defensive team that is established. It's clear as day. We know. But there have been moments and there have been games where this team has played decent enough defense to allow the offense to do or be in a position to win. That is what this defense can do. And this defense, at many times, can lead to offense. And so if this defense can come out and play a solid game, right, we know what they can do. We know that they are not going to ever be a top-tier defense with this group right now with three games left in the regular season. That's not a flip that can happen in this turnaround. But right now, you can put yourself in a position to win if you play the better version of the defense that this team can play. That is how they came back and erased an 18-point deficit against Pitt the first time, is the defense stepped it up, forcing turnovers. They had a good press. They were playing better basketball defensively, which led to offense. And when Syracuse was tied with Duke on Saturday, right, when it was 19-19, the reason Syracuse was tied with that team was because they were forcing steals, getting out in transition, moving the basketball. This team thrives offensively when it is playing solid defense. And that is the question, is what defense shows up? Because we have gotten a really good 80-minute glimpse of the bad defense for Syracuse, and you need it to be flipped back. You need to start showing a little bit more so that this offense can be in a position to win. And that is a big thing. Next question in this game is who wants to step up whose name is not Judah Mintz? It's been bad last two games, right? There has not been that scoring effort. Gerard played a decent game against Duke. Uh, hit some shots, percentage-wise was good. Uh, but who wants to step up besides Judah Mintz and play a really good game of basketball? Because Syracuse needs a handful of them, at least two more. Whether it's Jesse and Joe that you got used to, whether it's Jesse and Bell, whether it's Joe and Bell, I don't care what the duo is. You need someone else to step up and start playing better basketball. Who can do it? Who wants to say, this is my time. I am going to buy in. And because we can play spoiler here, right? There's not a ton to play for if you're Syracuse. You're not going to make the NCAA tournament, barring an ACC tournament win. You're not going to make the NIT at this point in time. But what you really can do, you can ruin a season. Pitt loses this game to Syracuse. That puts a twist on their year. It puts a big there at this point in time because this is pit needs, right? They are in the conversation to win the ACC. They're in the conversation to be a two-round bye in the ACC tournament. Syracuse right now is 100 and change in the net. This is a quad three game for Pitt. If Pitt loses a quad three game, to Syracuse, that brings their quad three record from three and one to three and two, which hurts. And they take a hit. And they are 
at 55 in the net in a position that could be altered by a, significantly by a loss to Syracuse in terms of ACC rankings, in terms of the possibility of a first and second round buy in the ACC tournament, in terms of winning the Atlantic Coast Conference period, Syracuse can spoil that. So can Syracuse play spoiler to finish out its season? That is another question heading into this game. Do they want to buy into that mentality that, hey, we can have a little bit of fun down the stretch here. And even if our season is not where it needs to be or wants to be and is disappointing and frustrating and infuriating, whatever word you want to use, can they play spoiler? Can they try to buy in and do something in these last three games to make this season, I don't know, better, improved, a little bit more favorably looked upon? I don't know. The next question for me is, is Judah Mintz a good shooter now? That's the question. He's hit six of his last six threes. He was shooting 20% from three before the Duke game. Heading into the Duke game, he was shooting 20% from three. Judah Mintz is now shooting 30% from three. He's bumped his three-point shooting percentage 10% in the last two games. Is he a three-point shooter now? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But the numbers are showing it in the last two games. Two for two against Duke. Four for four against Clemson. Hitting big threes. Hitting shots. It's going to help Syracuse right now in terms of winning basketball games. Might hurt Syracuse in the long run, as we discussed yesterday, uh, as he continues to try and build up his persona and his skill set and his, I guess, his personal resume for the NBA or whatever that seems. So there's the, the, the question there as well. And the final question, and I, I, I hate that I always default to this question, but it is so applicable right now, is what Jesse Edwards shows up. Can Jesse Edwards, the big man who wants to dominate down low and the offense can funnel through him and he can get his fill and have his way and do his thing going to show up? Or is the, there's a little bit of physicality happening down low. I'm not going to play my game. Jesse Edwards going to show up. That is important in this game. And that is a massive, massive factor into what happens in this basketball game for Syracuse or if Pitt runs away with this, right? When we look at Pitt, we look at the squad. They're not gigantic in terms of weight. The big man, right? Federico, Federico, coolest name ever. Federico, Federico, Fed squared, we'll call him maybe. 6'11", 220. He's not the biggest guy in terms of size, which gives Jesse a chance to have a better game against him. First time these two teams played, Jesse had eight points, nine rebounds. Took eight shots, was 50% from the field. He needs more. There needs to be a good game out of him. And was he in foul trouble in this game when I'm thinking back? Yes, he fouled out of this game. That's what the issue was. He was struggling with that. Monir played a little bit. They played smaller for a little bit, I believe. No, Jesse played 33 minutes. It wasn't all too terrible. But what Jesse shows up in this game is going to be absolutely massive for Syracuse basketball. It's a big moment. It's predictions time. It is keys time. I was God awful predicting that Clemson game. I need to redeem myself at this point in time. Right now, Syracuse is projected. We don't have lines yet. I'm recording this Friday morning, right? It's a Saturday game. Basketball has quick turnarounds on their lines. Ken Palm has Syracuse 
as seven-point dogs in this game, predicting a 77-70 pit victory. Boy, would I like to say no. Boy, do I want to say that Syracuse has this game and that they're playing basketball at a level that I believe warrants their ability to beat a pit team that's playing solid basketball, right? A team with, with a guy in Henson that's been averaging 16 a game. And they're playing good. And, and Burton's doing the same thing, right? Henson and Burton both at 15.6 points per game. Nellie Cummings has Syracuse's number. He scores 20 points every time he plays them. He hits threes. And then he hits more threes. And then he hits another three. Then he hits another three. Then he hits another three. And I think one more, another three, right? He had six threes the first time these two teams played. And he does that every time he plays Syracuse. He has their number. He attacks the zone well, and he does what he needs to do on the outside of the zone to get an open three. That's a factor. So my key in this game, I'll lead with that before I make a prediction. My key in this game for Syracuse is to shut down the three one time. Pittsburgh was chucking from three the first time these two teams played. Chucking from three. They shot 40% from deep, right? They took 32 three-pointers in the game that they played Syracuse this season. 32 threes they took in this basketball game. Syracuse needs to deny the three. They need to force tough looks from deep because if Pitt shoots 40% from three, you lose. Period. Answer. Done. Bye-bye. No questions asked. That is the reality. Pitt shoots the ball all right from three. 36% as a squad. Uh, and they got some guys that shoot the ball well individually. When you look at Hinson, who's a 38% from three. And you look at Cummings, who's at 34% from three. Greg Elliott is a 40% three-point shooter, right? You've got guys on this team that can shoot the three. You need to prevent that. You need to deny that because Syracuse gets beat on the three. Time and time again, it happens. Too frequently. They've got to close on defense. There needs to be rotations. There needs to be life defensively for the Syracuse basketball team. Deny threes. Close out and get offensive rebounds. I'm beating a dead horse here. It's the truth. For Syracuse to win, they need to deny the three and limit second chance opportunities. That is the key to success with the Syracuse team. And I shouldn't give a different key until that is figured out. If Syracuse has a game where they do both those things, they deny the three and they limit offensive rebounds and second chance points, I don't think I need to switch my key up the rest of the game or the year. That is the key. That is the necessity. That is paramount for their ability to win. The offense can win games, and the defense puts them in a position to get out and run off of steals, force them to make mistakes, make them make tough decisions, and you can win this basketball game. Do I think Syracuse wins this basketball game? No. I'm going to say Syracuse loses this by nine, which is technically a pit cover at that point in time. I think Syracuse loses this game by nine, uh, a little bit lower scoring than I see Ken Palm with it. I see this as like a 73-64 game, maybe. Uh, just the way Syracuse's offense has not really been able to do all too much and has not really been able to, you know, get firing and get the ball moving and get their open looks. So I'm going to say a 72-63 prediction out of me. Uh, there's a lot that needs to happen in this game. You need Joe to step up. You need you to just play what he has been doing. It has been so fun to watch. He is so good. It's amazing. So perfect. 
You need him to play a good game. You need Joe to play a good game. You need Jesse to step it up and be a dog once again. He's had spurts this year, right? He started the season an absolute dog. Then he got soft for a little bit. And then he got that spurt again where he was a dog for a little bit more. And now he's soft. I need him to get back. I need him to get going uh, and, and play that I am the biggest guy on the court mentality and act like it and be like it and just be that presence down low where Syracuse can funnel an offense through him. That is what you need in order to succeed here. One more thing before we get out of here today, uh, Syracuse men's lacrosse plays their ACC opener at the Dome on Saturday, I believe at three o'clock. So that one's worth checking out. Syracuse trying to get back into the win column in that regard because they dropped their game last week to Maryland. A tough one, right? Their face-off stuff needs to be figured out. They got to iron that out. Uh, see if they can improve at the face-off X uh, so they can try to improve there. The ladies, they open up the ACC as well. It's a noon game. It's at Pitt uh, on Saturday, I would assume. They're in pretty good shape to beat Pitt at this point in time. Granted, they had no problems with the number four team in the country and the number two team in the country, and this team is that good. Uh, so if you're bored leading up to the game on Saturday night, want to see a good Syracuse uh, get on the field or the court or whatever, check out that women's game, right? That women's lacrosse team is so fun to watch. They're so good, so talented, uh, and they have been making – a lot of sparks and maybe even starting to fire at this point in time, just two or three games in to the college lack season. So check them out. Uh, you got a full slate of Syracuse action on Saturday between that, uh, right? You got 12 o'clock. You've got the women's lacks at Pitt. three o'clock. You've got men's lacks at home five o'clock, right? I believe the men's game is at five. Yes. And then that is it. Right. That's a big game. And women's across or women's basketball, excuse me, finished off their regular season slate earlier this week. Uh, they are firmly a bubble team right now. So we'll have to watch, see what happens with them. Check it out. Uh, finished out with a couple of good wins. They beat Miami. They beat Pitt. Uh, they demolished Pitt. Actually, I forgot about that on Thursday. So yesterday night. Um, but that is where we'll leave off today. A lot of Syracuse action going into the weekend. Check it all out. Tweet at us, follow along with us at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. If not, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, but if you're looking for a little bit more, we appreciate you making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. For your second, Lockdown College Basketball. Here, Isaac, here, Andy, here, big name experts, here, coaches, here's players throughout the college basketball landscape. Check out Lockdown College Basketball. It's on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you're following along with us wherever you get your podcast for Lockdown Syracuse, Feel free to subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. We always like that. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Interact with us there. Uh, join conversations uh, so that we can bring your voice into the scene uh, on these shows and give you a shout out as well. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe there. Another episode there if you're still looking for a little more Syracuse fill today. If not, enjoy your weekend. Go Cuse, and I will catch you on Monday.